What is up, podcast listeners? You here for another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. I'm here with my buddy Dan from Saltwater Digital. What's going on, Dan? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Dan is a Canadian, so other side of the border. You're in Calgary, did you say, or Calgary. Vancouver? Yeah, Calgary. Yeah, you bet. Uh, all right. Good stuff. Just, just chugging on the maple syrup, as we think down here in the USA. <laughs> That's right, man. I found out this year that actually we have a uh, we have a uh, a backup reserve of maple syrup. That's a that's a thing. Uh, do you? That's the most yeah, Canadian thing. You can thing. look it up. There's like I don't know how much it is, but it's an obscene amount, and it's like it's a reserve, like like the oil <laughs> reserve, but it's the maple yeah. syrup reserve. And I can't like I swear like it's yeah. It's yeah, during COVID lockdown, they're like, "Oh my god, we need we need to like, get enough maple syrup. We can't afford this. Let's do it." Yeah, <laughs> so good. Uh, so Dan runs a company called Saltwater Digital. It is a uh, marketing agency. And Dan, I'm actually going to let you describe it in a little bit more detail, uh, and let's go from there. Yeah. So Saltwater Digital, we uh, we mostly work with local businesses, whether it's home service businesses or uh, local offices like dentists. Uh, you know, we have a couple of uh, optometrists that we work with, um, and so we essentially have three core services where we're providing. We're doing web builds. We're doing SEO, which would be organic SEO plus uh, local map back SEO and uh, pay-per-click ads, which is going to be uh, mostly focused on Google search ads and uh, a little bit of LSA too when, when appropriate, when it uh, when it's uh, available in that niche. Gotcha. You're mentioning that your uh, target markets for your services are mostly home service businesses or self-storage for now. Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. We have quite a few self-storage clients as well. And then I would say just local clients in general. I said a lot of them are home service businesses. Uh, and then there's also, as I said, like the doctor's office or the dentist office, that type of thing. And then, yeah, uh, yeah we have quite a few of the, the self-storage businesses as well. Cool. It's funny. I was on um, Twitter a while back and I, I saw someone's profile. <laughs> the profile bio, it said, um, starting a remote cleaning business, self-storage, uh, and laundromat. I was like, "Do you are just the most Twitter person possible?" Just yeah, doing exactly. all of them. Yeah, that's that's the trifecta, exactly. Yeah, you're, uh, seriously, you're kind of hitting all the high points there. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, um, so Dan is an expert in all things local marketing. I think it'd be awesome to have him as a resource just to talk about what's actually working, what's he seeing in the market, what's working for home service businesses, other types of businesses, and there's a variety of different marketing tactics you can use. The reality is not all of them are best for your type of business, right? The visitors to, or the people go on Google and search for different things. It just depends where they're going to be, right? Online uh, to figure out where you actually want to market to them. So, Dan, if it's cool with you, I'm going to quiz you. I'm going to, uh, we're going to go from the top and just use your knowledge. And you know, let's let's say a lot of people here in the home service business and they want to know, all right, where do I market first? Dan, you running Saltwater Digital, what do you recommend to start with? What is the apex of where to start with as it, as it relates to local marketing? So we're going to start with the website. Is that, uh, or is that, yeah, okay, okay. That, that's, that's the first <laughs> yeah, thing. That's number one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah a website. That's number yeah. one. Get so, the internet. Um, yeah. Yeah. Internet. Build, build the website and, uh, and then get your Google business page up. That's kind of like the first two things. Um, Google business page as GMB, right? So get the verification. Yes, exactly. And yeah, exactly. I got a so question for you. I've heard it's getting way more difficult to actually get your GMB verified. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so getting verified is more difficult and reviews aren't sticking as well. Um, mm. So one of the things actually I was reading about this today, this morning was um, in, in this past year, they've gone to a uh, basically an automated um, approval system. This is for Google reviews. 
And I think what's happening is a lot of a lot of reviews that are legitimate, incredible, and should be st- should be sticking are getting filtered out. And mm. so this is like this is totally anecdotal. I don't want to sit here and pretend like I you know have some secret sauce to to Google's reviews. But basically, what I found is that um, businesses with more history, more you know established, you know that have been around for longer, those types of businesses are going to have an easier time getting their reviews to stick. Like we have almost a hundred percent success rate when we ask someone for a review for Saltwater Digital. Um, it's 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 very rare that it doesn't stick. But you know we are working with quite a few home service businesses, and maybe they just started their business six months ago, twelve months ago, and they can't get reviews to stick. Um, yeah. So what I think is happening is they're getting flagged and filtered out automatically, and there's no real good way because it seems like the support for that platform um, has degraded in terms of like mm. you know. So there's not a really there's not a lot of good ways to basically go and contact Google support as you know yeah. for many. Anyone listening to this that's tried to contact Google support will know exactly what I'm talking about. It doesn't really exist. Um, It feels like it's just kind of sent into a black hole. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely getting harder to get reviews to stick. And it's definitely getting harder to to get even just verified initially. We... um, We have franchise operations and we're kind of finding the same thing. Um, One thing I'm, I'm... It's interesting to hear that it's older businesses might have an easier time getting it to stick, which is good to hear. I'm mm-hmm. now wondering, is that based off the domain name or the the how old the GMB profile is? Uh, I, I think it's how old the GMB profile is. And the only reason I say that, and again, this is very anecdotal. This is, you know, working mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, 25 uh, uh, customer or clients that we work with, you know, in this space. Um, you know, I would say that it's, the only reason I'd say that is because we've actually worked with clients who have inherited a GMB page, but no website. And so this this GMB page and he, and he's having no problems getting reviews. And again, maybe there's probably other factors that go into that. Um, But I think at its heart is like, how old is that? How old is the business? How long has the GMB page been around? Do you have a website that's associated with that GMB page? Those to the, to me are the three things. And of course, you know, uh, the verification thing is, is sort of the same idea where, um, you know, is this an actual, is this actually a commercial space or is it someone's home? Again, it's getting harder mm-hmm. to do with your home, but it still works. Like it still can definitely work, but it's just a little bit harder now. Um, and, you know, do they have a website that's associated with it? Do they have any other uh, mentions around the web? Like, I think there's, I think there's a lot of factors that probably play into it that are yep. um, just sort of that, that, that are a little bit, uh, um, it's not hidden, but just like it, it's, it's difficult to figure out exactly what factors are, are impacting, you know, the review sticking and whether you can get yeah. uh, GMP page verified. Cool. So we get the GMB, you get the website first. Well, you get the internet first, you get the website first. Then you get the GMB and you get the GMB list and you get it verified. You start getting reviews. Optimizing yeah. the GMB is mostly just making just updated posting content from there for the most yeah, part. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. After that, what would be your priority after GMB? I, you know, again, I'm biased because I'm, I'm, uh, and I'm, I work, you know, my, my line of work is SEO. So that's generally where I would recommend people going just kind of start next. And the only reason being is like, you know, the best time to start an SEO campaign was last year. The next best time is today. Um, yep. you know, if, if you're building a business that you're looking to basically, you know, grow over say a three, five, 10 year period, um, that, that work can very easily be paying off for five, six, seven, eight years. And I, yep. and you know, not really see much of a hiccup. Like we said, I've been doing this for 10 years as much as, um, 
as much as things have changed in terms of SEO, not that much has changed. Like it's still, it's still the same principles and they've just gotten stricter. You know, it's like, okay, yep. they just continue to go, you know, they continue to basically try to clean up spam, try to increase link quality, um, you know, high quality content. Um, again, things like reviews, like those are, those have been around for however many years, you know, Google business pages have been around and those, those stick. And when you have 1300 reviews or something like that, it's really, really hard to catch. Um, yep. You know, the next guy trying to start the business in, in that space is at a huge disadvantage. Because you're, yep. you're, you know, you and maybe two other guys are dominating those spots, and it's hard to dislodge. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. SEO. It, it is one of those things where I think it'll probably take, let's say, budget at least six months to see significant progress, yeah. depending on how competitive your market is. But definitely one of those where if you plan to be in the business for a while, invest in SEO. Do yeah. you have a range for the listeners of what they should expect to pay for a good SEO company as it relates to local marketing? Yeah, I think you can find a good freelancer. Like, I think if, uh, and again, the hard part is betting it, right? I, I yeah. got off the call with this morning with a with a potential client, and like, it was it's just the classic horror story of bait and switch. I've been burned. Yeah, you know, feeling feeling a little bit exposed. You know, probably feeling a little bit sheepish about the whole thing because he spent ten grand and felt like he got nothing out of it, kind of thing. Mm. So, it's. It can be it can be challenging to vet providers. I mean, one of the things that I'm really trying to do is make sure that um, because so many of my leads now are coming from Twitter, I'm very careful that you know I'm again I, I almost try to undersell expectations versus oversell because yeah. I don't want to be I don't want to be getting ripped on Twitter for you know a poor campaign kind of thing, yep. right? So. Um, I, I think when, when companies try to oversell it, when they, I think when you get that feeling in your gut that this is maybe too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. Um, proof of work is important to me. Um, you know, I think there's sort of two, uh, it's kind of a, a razor's edge because on one side of it, you have, you want reporting and visibility. You don't want to, you don't want it to be a black box, but you also don't want the SEO provider to be sending over 12 page reports. Because yep. now it's like now your resources are going into reporting versus the actual work, you know. So mm -hmm. um, that's that's kind of I think there's a sweet spot in terms of making sure that they explain what they're doing. There's nothing in SEO that you shouldn't be able to explain to anybody who owns a business. Now, whether they want whether they care to understand it, that's that's another thing. But um, certainly, as a business owner, you have the right to ask them what they're doing and and what um, you know what steps they're doing every single month if it's a monthly contract. Yeah. Um, so, so as far as a range, I would say like you could probably find a good contractor for like maybe five hundred bucks a month. Uh, hmm. You know, doing freelance work. Um, yep. like they can again, depending on how competitive it is. Um, you know, I think you can that can go all the way up to ten grand a month if you're yep. like, you know, an HVAC company in in Dallas and you want to rank in that city. Like, you should be expecting to spend five, six, seven, eight grand. Um, most of our clients are like somewhere in the middle in terms of how competitive the markets are. Like they're either in tertiary markets or like suburbs or something like that, where there's still opportunity, but it's not like you're competing with, you know, Roto Router. You know, I don't yeah. know if there's Roto Router in the US, there's like the big one in Canada. Yeah, um, there's I don't know if that's the exact name, but there's Roto something. It's a franchise. So yeah, around it's like, yeah, there's you know massive franchise and they have they have a huge advantage because they have this domain that has an incredible amount of authority and they um so, you know, in a lot of cases, uh, a lot of our clients, like I said, are, are either sort of in secondary markets or, you know, suburbs yeah. or something like Which that. Which is easier to rank for. 
Yeah. And that's where you're going to have an advantage. Like I always tell clients, like if you're starting to do an SEO campaign, the place you should start is where your address is. Like, I don't care. I don't care what the search volume is. I don't care. Like the place you need to start is home because you have an advantage over anybody else that say, like, let's say you're in, again, to use a pretty bad example, but let's say you're in Dallas or sorry, you're in Fort Worth and your big competitors are in Dallas. Um, You have a massive advantage over them for marketing in Fort Worth. Um, Mm. And I think a lot of people maybe don't understand that or realize that. And that's like, um, that, that's kind of where you, that's the one angle you have starting a new business or, or, or trying to start a new SEO campaign, um, to kind of outcompete some of these bigger guys. Yep. Yeah. It makes sense. So after that, after I see it going, I'm going to guess the third one on the rankings, LSA has got to be where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. LSA. Yeah. And I, I always, we kind of roll it into one where it's LSA search ads. Um, oh, generally speaking, yeah, and it's not so that it's not words that. is what you mean for that. Yeah, exactly. So um, LSA ads again, not not all the. I mean, I'm sure as as you know, not every well, not every market um, uh, the LSA is available. Like, not mm-hmm. it's not always available in every market. So there's certain. I think there's a list of twenty um, services where basically you can run LSA ads. So in some of these smaller niche, more niche service industries, like you don't have that opportunity. Um, and then I just think it's worthwhile to try both. LSA is probably going to perform. Like it's, they, they've set it up in a way that it's, yeah. it's better. It tends to be better, but, um, it's certainly like if you're, if you're going to run ads, I would probably start with both and just like, just, and just experiment. We haven't had that much success with AdWords, to be honest. I know some people crush it. I do think AdWords more than LSA is extremely market dependent because you could burn yeah. so much damn money on AdWords. LSA is like, all right, your range is from spending 18 bucks to 45 bucks. Okay, yeah. that's fine. It's all high quality lead. AdWords could be just a complete shit show. And I and, and actually we've we've found that uh, in the um, the residential cleaning space, AdWords probably is not going to work for you. Yeah, like it's, it's too, too I, com- unless you have really big tickets. Uh, yes. For example, for us, like Airbnb cleaning is what we focus on. Those tickets we get those customers, they stay a long time. This, mm. The search volume is not there, but it's, it's there enough to like, okay, we'll do AdWords campaigns, probably run it ourselves, see how that goes. But something like yeah. that, where you have a large LTV, I think AdWords probably makes sense. Be- besides that, I, it's interesting that you echo that as well. Not worth yeah. it for made services. No, like we, we've, um, yeah, we, we've, I've had a lot of calls with, um, uh, with with residential cleaning service businesses over the years, and I think like yeah, I've, I've won this afternoon actually, um, and we've never actually had a residential service cleaning business mm. um, as a client. Uh, it's just it's really hard with with the uh, ticket value price, um, and so I think I mean honestly, if I was if I was entering that space, it, it's you know, and I was going okay, I, I'm starting from scratch, I'd bootstrap it all. I wouldn't. I would go and figure out how to do SEO. I would go and figure out how to run my own ads. I would do it all myself. And that's, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think you, you have a course in it, right? Is that right? Uh, we have what? You have a course? Uh, we have a course. I have a course as well. Yeah. But franchise yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so I don't know if that's what the, you know, the advice your course gives or not, but that's just sort of like my, my sort of two cents on, on that particular space is that um, it's just one of those spaces where I think it's possible to bootstrap it yourself. Um, and until you kind of get to a certain revenue level, it probably makes sense to just try to, you know, grind it out yourself a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. 
Yeah, I, I would, at least as it relates to paid ads in general, I think I've come to the conclusion the same. SEO, yeah. honestly, is for like, I know people crushing it who are doing it by themselves. You have to know what you're doing. You have to stay up to date on that one. That's one where it's almost like, just give it to someone else and do it. And my, that's my opinion. Yeah, uh, no, for sure. Something else I, if you don't like it. Totally. Yeah, no, I, do, I agree with that. Yeah. What would you say after that? So we, we got to Google, pretty much front page of Google. Where would you go after that? Yeah, I mean, it really, this is where it becomes more interesting. It's definitely going to be market market dependent. Um, mm-hmm. I know, uh, you know, there's certain markets where something like Yelp's going to work. And again, generally, what I tell people is, does Yelp show up in Google when you search for your uh, when you search for your service? If it doesn't, it's probably not going to be uh, super successful. Yeah, I, I love that like rule of thumb. That's so true. Yeah. So, and honestly, like what I generally tell clients, or and again. It's usually difficult to get clients to generate reviews on one platform, let alone multiple platforms. Right. But if you have it in you, if you have it in you, go to Google, search your main service, figure out what the top aggregator is, whether it's Homestars or um, I think Homestars might be a Canadian thing, um, Yelp or um, Home Advisors Angie, or whatever. Yeah. Angie, go figure out what that top one is, and that's where you want to generate your secondary reviews. Because so for example, you do your main keyword, let's say made services, type that into Google in your market and then see what pops up. Not like apartment cleaning with the duster near me, like just do your top yeah, level. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Your main service. So figure out what, if, if your main service is residential cleaning services, then if that's like your big keyword in terms of volume. Yeah, exactly. Because all those aggregators, um, the whole business behind aggregators is they are basically... The reason they rank as well as they rank isn't because Google loves those businesses. Like, you know, I think Yelp has a lawsuit against Google. It's not, no, there's some animosity there. Don't quote me on that. Again, you know, I'm pretty sure there was a lawsuit between Google and Yelp in regards to basically like anti-competitive practices. Um, But the reason that they rank so well is Google's algorithm is designed to maximize click-through rates for the users and maximize the user experience. And so you see those aggregators up top and yes, they're massive websites that are, that are, uh, you know, have really high domain authority, but a big part of it is, um, Google's algorithm algorithm can't ignore those because the click-through rates better because it's showing a broad range of, of, of businesses. They have reviews, which people trust, which again, a broad range or sorry, you know, uh, increases the click-through rate. Um, and then the user experience is good because a lot of times they, they, figure out, you know, you go on the uh, Yelp, you find someone and then you're done. And that's kind of the ultimate North Star for Google is we want to give users the best search results that basically only makes them go to one site yep. and doesn't require them to come back and go to another site in order to find the information they're looking for. Um, and so as a result, those sites rank really well, but those sites are completely dependent on Google. Like no one's going into, no one's going to Angie.com and searching for these things. Or right. maybe Angie might be a little bit of a, I don't know. They got their but, cult following. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if anyone like, listening, Angie's been awful for every single franchise. So we've just told franchises don't even do it. It's just they're just right. scummy crew. But like if you're yeah. right, if they rank at the top, they, then maybe that's the only reason people go to it. Yeah. And they all they all are they all, they all have the same business model too, where it's basically like they rank you based on like, you know, there's other algorithm factors, but it's mostly reviews and then whether or not you're paying them, right? Like I'm sure yeah. that was your experience with that. Yeah. So it's like, who's paying us? Then who's got the net the most reviews after that? Yeah. Right? So yeah, you know, a lot of times I don't find that those those aggregators work particularly well for uh like local service businesses, but 
as far as just getting more exposure, that's free. Like you, and, and if you're willing to kind of go the extra mile and go and say generate reviews on a second platform, that's kind of the the way that I always look at it is is figure out who's ranking because that's where the traffic's going. I'm gonna list off the other three things that people can be thinking about specifically from your website. So, and just tell me what you think about them. Yeah, Facebook ads, Facebook, Instagram ads, branded advertising, TikTok advertising. What are your thoughts about all three of those paid ads platforms? And what was the second one? Uh, Reddit, TikTok, and Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, so Facebook, Instagram is is very market dependent as well, and it's very offer dependent. Um, you know, we're 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 just gonna we're, there's some experiments where we're just starting to run for uh, an HVAC company that we think is going to do really well. I don't want to say more than that. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's it's very offer dependent. Obviously, I think that there's a lot of um, I think the hard part is kind of cutting through the noise and, and getting through the, the garbage leads, which there's a ton of, if you're running like lead ads on Facebook, you've probably noticed that there's a ton of garbage that, you, that comes mm-hmm. through. Um, whether that's like, you know, people in other counties or other, other you know, states, whatever. Right. So um, yeah, so that, that's kind of my, there's definitely markets that it works. And there's definitely spaces that it works in for Facebook and in Instagram. Um, Reddit, Reddit and TikTok. Um, you know, as far as local marketing goes, probably would be a pass in terms mm. of like specific local regions. Um, that's kind of the, yeah, I guess, I guess my two cents on, on those platforms. Obviously, TikTok advertising is evolving very, very rapidly right now. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's more consumer product focused. For, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say focused, but I, I feel like those would perform better on TikTok versus actual services. Yeah. Anything that you can kind of sell globally, right? Or at least nationally, right? Whether yeah. it's a course or a um, consumer product. Um, yeah. So I definitely agree on that point. Yeah. Cool. Well, Dan, thanks so much for hopping on, man. If anyone is curious to get a hold of you, follow your content, anything, where can they find you? Uh, saltwaterdigital.com is the main website. Um, so we have a blog that I write pretty regularly there now. Um, and then uh, on Twitter, at Dan at the Wolf or at, the, at Dan the Wolf uh, with an E on the end. Perfect. And I'll put all those links in the show notes as well. Dan, thanks for hopping on, man. Okay. Appreciate it, Neil. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.